Hello, folks. Welcome to another episode of Hitba. Hate to break it to you. Lockdown number two. Uh, actor strike. Lockdown number three, actually. Lockdown number two. WGA strike. Lockdown number one. COVID. Uh, now you're going to say that's different, but you know the ability not to work in a lot of ways. That's what I'm going to talk about today. By the way, lockdown number four is when UPS goes on strike. And lockdown number five is Grips and other people. IATSE might go on strike next year. So the only people that signed a deal are the DGA. Like this stuff, subscribe, go to my, find it on all of my audio platforms. I switched over. The podcast is oddly growing. I think I've had some good guests that have really, you know, got my clips flopping and flipping, and I appreciate them. It's oddly growing, and and, and and I kind of had a perfect time because I don't think we are going to be able to work until January, if then. So uh, let's talk about this. I'm fine with exactly with the way the rest of my year is mapped out. Five and a half months left. I have one gig I'm trying to finagle. And one other gig I might accept. Two other gigs. You know, I'm, I got a few weeks off here and there. And I'm fine with that. I, I took the second half a little easier because I'm tired. And I'm getting a lot of stuff done. And if the podcast is growing, you're encouraging me with the YouTube. Uh, I have over 6 million views this month. And it ain't just me. I have some amazing guests with some amazing opinions and some amazing clips. So, again, I owe people baskets. Um, but... I will say this is that um, it's exciting time and um, it's a wild time and pre-2020, the world will never be the same. Post-2020, it's never going to be the same. That's just done. Um, and I think that it's weird that YouTube is, I don't know, my algorithm's kicking in or something uh, because it's, uh, you know, they were very restrictive. Um, and I, you know, I think, uh, you know, other comedians have been talking about it where the they make amazing points. They're like, they're going to censor us right off the platform. Um, but hopefully, you know, it doesn't. So I feel like they're opening up stuff. Basically, uh, uh, I'm sorry. Basically, it's a wild time in our business. Um, I think I'm going to be able to fulfill my year. I had two productions that I was going to do independently. Um, obviously, they can't go. They're looking at waivers, but that's not going to happen. So like I said on my Instagram... The comedy clubs are going to be jammed. A lot of actors are going to be working on their music and poetry. So I wanted to do this little pod today because I wanted to see and read some of the things they said that we can't do. And then I'm going to comment on them. Uh, as you know, I posted my card. I've been a member since 1990. I'm very fortunate to be in SAG. And then I was there when it was SAG and you had to join after. And then I was there when they combined. A lot of people didn't want that. So the, the constriction, the consolidation is still happening uh, within the town. My agency just got bought by another big agency. So, you know, this is what's going on. You know, studios are going to keep swallowing up other studios. First thing I'm going to say about this, somebody made a very good point online. I forget who it was. I th it was just like, a, uh, I think it was a comment online. So this is not my thought, but it's amazing. So I'm sorry, I forget your name, bro, but if, claim it. Why is this strike different than any other's time? It's, it's a wild, I'm going to tell you why. It's a wild time in history. And it's empowering people like me because I want to speak to you even more. I just want to talk into a camera. You know what I mean? I love having guests, but quite frankly, I'm such a narcissist. that I, I just love to talk to you all day. Uh, and now that the, you know, this is what we're going to do. We're going to talk into a fucking camera, into the great void. 
Why is this strike so wild this time? I'm going to tell you why. And there's a great comment somebody made. And my, my, uh, the, the, the sign that why this comment is so good is because I was in Burbank the other day, an amazing metropolis of quietness. Although I saw a couple of people on the streets shouting into the air and I was surprised. So Burbank's starting to get a little, a little overspill, uh, in front of, uh, in front of Don Cuckoo's. Um, and I'm at, uh, Chipotle and I'm getting my car washed. Because I'm like, oh, I have time. So, like, I'm doing all the stuff that I wanted to do anyway. So, you know me. When everything's shutting down, I don't have any FOMO. So, it's like, okay. Oh, Avengers don't, aren't working. I'm not working. We're all in the same boat. It's great. I don't care if I'm doing a lower independent movie. We're all in the same boat. So, it's like you don't get any FOMO. So, I'm in Burbank. It's one of the great car washes. I kind of overpaid. I'm not going to lie. I haven't washed my car forever. Uh, and I'm there. And I go to get gas at the Sinclair on Riverside, and I see not one, not two, not three, but four Amazon delivery trucks. Amazon delivery trucks. Now, stay with me. I'm like, damn. I should have kept my stock when I bought it in 99. I, made, I bought it, and I made a ton of money. Not a ton, but I made like 100 Gs, and I sold it, and I just should have fucking... I'm stupid. But the, the crash happened, and everybody thought everything was going to die. Should have just fucking held it. It's okay. You can buy other stuff. Long story boring is, this was in the 90s. And his, this guy is the rarest of birds that he said he was going to take over. He started in books. He was going to start, he was going to take over housewares and stuff. And then eventually he said he's going to take over e-commerce. Well, he, he's not taking over e-commerce. He's, he's taking over the world. Do you understand this? I have a lot of history with Amazon from buying it early on with shout out James Gunn, who used to buy books off of it before I knew what it was. James Gunn showed me what Amazon was. And that's when I got my first stock broker. And I was like, he's like, yeah, we should buy it. James Gunn told me about this. I remember, I want to say it was like 97, 98, but it had been around since I think 95. So there's a lot of backstory, but look, so the guy, and then he, boom, not only is he taking over e-commerce, he took when I was one of the first people to get a pilot at Amazon where they did the actual democratic thing which was they put the pilot out and whatever the ratings are, whatever got the highest ratings got picked up. It was literally a test. It was literally a think tank of pilots. And it was with Chris Carter. I've talked about it many times. It was an amazing show. Uh, we got paid a lot. We never went to series. It was it was higher rated than Transparent, higher rated than Mozart in the Jungle, higher rated than Bosch. It was all around that time. And we're like, why is Amazon doing content? And we, we kind of made sense. It's like, because after you get done watching your show, they can go and buy a spatula, you know, or whatever. So it made sense, but it was so early on, early adapters were like kind of there, but it was really, it made sense, but it wasn't considered like, well, it's not Warner Brothers. It's You're making something for a, a sales network. You know, you're making something for a website basically, right? So some people are getting snooty, but they had the best players in the game and tons of money. And the best I've ever been treated on a pilot financially. What am I trying to tell you? Okay. A guy came in my office in 2011. was on Twitch. I tried to invest. I couldn't. He told me it was going to be. Boom. Jeff Bezos was rumored to buy Paramount. He just said, I'll start my own. Boom. That's when I started doing the pilot. He took over books. He took over this. Boom. He bought Twitch for a billion dollars, which is a ward on his dick. He bought... Uh, he bought Ring, which was a ward on his dick for a billion dollars. He's bought in at least eight or nine industries, right? He's going to buy a fucking drug delivery company. 
So what I see for Amazon trucks more than ever, and UPS about to go on strike, and these drivers are delivering all night. They're down here in the fucking mail area delivering packages at 1 a.m., loading the box up, and you just go with your phone. Boop, it's fucking beautiful, right? This guy disrupted FedEx. They disrupted 15 industries already more. So this guy is not taking over e-commerce. This guy is taking, this guy is Skynet. Cloud service, forget, forget, I don't even mention all this stuff. He basically owns, runs the government's cloud. Like, so many things he has disrupted. He's insanely, he has $150 billion, it'll be $300 billion next year. Like, he will be a trillionaire. He's beyond, like, it's beyond what they're doing. The tentacles are like, it's insane, right? Why am I telling you this? That's the backstory. First actor strike, 1960. Writers, actors, first actor strike, 1980, I think. Writers, they've had them on and off. That's how my show was sold early 2000s because there was a writer strike potentially in 2007, another writer strike or fight. First combined strike since 1960, 63 years when Ronald Reagan did it, which is crazy because he was an actor, he became president of SAG and he did so good, he became president of the United States. And people were telling me this year that I should have run for SAG. And I'm like, I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it. But maybe if I get more encouragement because I have a lot to say. I love Fran. She gave an amazing speech. I've worked with Fran multiple times. I was impressed, you know. I have to apologize because I said what, you know, I was wondering why she was in Italy uh, doing a photo shoot with Kim Kardashian. Um, and it was Kim was really giving her love and her story. But I, I realized that Fran had to go over there for an application. So I apologize if I said, I didn't say anything bad. But So Fran, you know, came from Italy, gave an amazing speech, talked about what we all can pretty much know how far apart they are. Um, and remind me to tell you why this is so big again. Because we're so far apart that background actors, extras, let's just call them atmosphere extras, Exactly how I started. When I got in this business, I was an extra on Dead Poets Society. The first thing I ever done, ever in entertainment, ever, ever, set, stage, whatever, Dead Poets Society. First day, saw Robin Williams at the craft service table, and he baby cared. Uh, it was incredible. Just, you know, you know, a light shined on me. I'm like, this is it. This is what I got to do. Moved to LA because I'm like, there's a lot of productions out here. I'll just be an extra, make a living as an extra. I had no idea about acting. I'm like, I can just make it, be an extra, make $400 a week. Uh, meet a bunch of chicks, uh, you know, go to the beach, play basketball, you know, work out, um, and play Atari like that. Literally like I'm, I'm just going to like leave high school and kind of do that. That was my mindset. I'm not going to be real. I wasn't trying to be a comic. I wasn't trying to be an actor. I was like, I'm going to be an extra. So, uh, and when I came out and I have a lot of love for extras and as how it, it just being in the set is where you're, you're next to movie stars. It's an incredible experience. I didn't, I didn't even do that type of extra. I did low rent extra. And um, and so why am I telling you this is because uh, I didn't even know what I was going to do. But I was like, oh, I could just be an extra. I mean, if that was my life. In fact, my sister, who's like a chem major, went to USC later on and was an extra. She was in more shit than I was an extra. It's very competitive to be an extra. You have to have the right clothes. You have to write the right suit, all this stuff. There's a type because there's, there's no room at the bottom. There's tons of room at top. And everyone's fighting to get to the middle. You know what I'm saying? Because there's no barrier to entry. So the extra shit, that's a long story, but I have respect for them. And, you know, you saw yesterday, just just one of the points out of uh, 50 fucking thousand points is that it was proposed, apparently, this was on Discussing Film, that uh, the studios or, you know, whoever, the MTPMP or whatever, want to be able to scan an actor, which I've been scanned multiple times under the mask. I was scanned and they have me that my molds, everything. Scan you once, own that scan, and use it in perpetuity in all media 
in the universe. That's that's the actual. They say this in all perpetuity, meaning for fucking the end of the, the whole time. This is an actual phrase they use in deals now for perpetuity in all forms of media. Um, boom and for for time. So now, if you're the studio that scanned Jamie Kennedy, right? So New Line scanned it. They're owned by Warner Brothers. If Warner Brothers has one, you know, a bank of scans, they could probably just. You know, every studio is probably going to want their own original, like, NFT scan of each actor in town, right? So, but they could literally just take that scan and just license it out, but probably, you know, to Fox or Disney or whatever, right? If you're doing a project for them. Or just start putting it. Bottom line is they wanted to do that, scan it, pay you your day rate, give you a bag of crackers and some rubber chicken. That you, that's what the background extras get with some macaroni and cheese, not even the good stuff. And bye. 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 And I'm like, yo, extras, extras, when it's a, extras already get fucking pushed around for that to happen. Basically, we're going to use you one time and then we're just going to populate every scene with you forever. Now, think about that for a minute. Okay. And this is the beginning thing on a movie set as an actor. You can't start any lower than an extra. And I'm not saying it's bad because I started as an extra, but you're at the bottom of the food chain and then you work your way up. Maybe, maybe you can do like stand-in. That's a little bit more. Or maybe you become a featured extra where they look at you in the scene. You don't say anything, but they use your face. Boom, that's a little bit more. And then maybe you get a word and that's a little bit more. And then a line. And then you get golden time and silver. You get all these different penalties and meal penalties. and All this stuff is amazing on a set, right? And there's all these little works that you can do. So you can start up at making $80 a day. At the end of the day, you can make 500 You don't even know how you did it. It's because all the things moving up and stuff. And Alyssa, who uh, is with me, has a cat. And here's an example of what a background actor's life is like. She wasn't even a background actor. She'd done a lot of stuff before she met me. But she also was smart. So she was, you know, did a lot of like, she was on Face Off. She was on Discovery shows where they do reenactments, all this stuff. And she didn't want to join SAG because she was making more as a non-union. But she's like, you know, fuck it. She did scenes in Ballers. Uh, and she was on the show, the movie Get Hard, Kevin Hart and Will Ferrell. And she was there not for her. She was there because she has a cat. She had this amazing, really fat, beautiful, beautiful orange cat. It was like a calico cat. And the cat was like this movie fucking ready cat. And it was, she puts the cat on herself. If I can tell you this. Um, uh how can I say this? She puts the cat on herself at every uh, once a month and the cat fucking heals her. You know what I'm saying? So it's amazing, right? So you let the cat sit on your stomach and it like takes away your pains. So anyway, this cat was a star. She was smart enough because she was acting. She's like, well, I got a hot, you know, pretty cat. So I'll make my cat a star. So they fucking hire the cat. It had its own agent. And the fucking cat gets hired. They have, so the cat's getting a daily. Uh, and then... You know, the cat's in the scene with Kevin and Will, and the cat just, they have a handler for the cat, but it didn't work, and they have the handler handler for the cat, didn't work, and she's standing there, and she's so pretty and cute, and they're like, can you just do it? So she did it, she's like, well, this we gotta do, the belly, blah, 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 like a trainer, and they go, and the director's like, you just do it. Boom. So she's in the scene in this movie, she doesn't say anything, um, but she's got her cat, and she's in the, in the movie. Uh she has that for a couple of takes. She's got, you know, she did ballers. I think she has uh, the rock and they loved her. And they're like, let's just do a scene with you handling, handing Dwayne something. Like she has had lines and different stuff. Just handing Dwayne 
something in the scene is worth more than just being in the background, right? So long story boring is extras are one of the backbones of the business. Um, I love them. Uh, there are some crazy ones, but there are also some crazy actors. So long story boring is this is a lot of backstory to tell you what. That's like a page for her, and then the cat gets a bump up, and the cat gets a crap. So it's a cool little thing, right? So you can really do all these little hustles on set, and then people get to know you, and you network, and then you go to the premiere, and you bring the cat, and whatever. Whatever. People get hired because they got a cool car. People get hired because they're a good actor. All types of stuff. So long story boring is you go from production, 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 production. So you understand. Like Bill Gates, I use this as an example on Instagram, is that – boy, this is a long rant. I apologize. But I'm fired up because I have a lot to say in CMOS. Bill Gates, the rumor is, you know, he was a genius, which I'm sure he is. And he bought MS-DOS. They say he created it. Paul Allen did a lot of the stuff, kind of like what Wozniak did the other stuff. And Bill Gates and Steve Jobs were more of the marketing guys. They don't like to admit that. But that's the rumor. Long story boring. Went down to Seattle or somewhere over there, you know, Tacoma, wherever, Washington. A guy had a little computer store. 50 G's, buy it, sign the life away. That apparently operating system became the basis of MS-DOS. And he was so ahead of the curve that when he went to IBM, who was like the monolith at the time, and he was this little upstart. They didn't have like this little punk, but he's like, oh, we made something kind of cool. Like we're making these machines and the operating system. It's pretty basic to think about this concept. And they're like, boom. So it was such a new thing that people didn't know. how. And somehow he had that inside knowledge. And he basically said, yeah, I'll sell it. I'll license it to you. But every time you buy a copy, I get a royalty. Just like a, a, you know, a record, right? So you, you know, buy a record, 32 cents, whatever. Let's say they buy it, fuck 50 cents, whatever. You know, you have 10 million copies out there, uh, uh, you know, 32 cents, that's 320, that's 3.2 million, whatever. This was in the 70s, $100,000, a billion dollars, okay? Long story boring is something he did not create. Did not own. He's fucking smart enough to buy it off the guy. Poor guy got fucked. If that's true, I don't know. There's a lot of rumors. 50 G's, bam, boom. Rest is paid forever. Till this day, he's getting paid. He's buying farmland off of you with that fucking MS-DOS money. Now, why am I saying that? That's a much different thing than Alyssa's cat. But what I'm trying to tell you is, don't you think me, Alyssa, and that cat all own our own faces? So you get paid on something forever. That's not even a human, but a human gets it one time and then don't get a cut on their own face. Even if it's Spotify streams where you has like a thousand streams for like, you know, a penny or two pennies, whatever. You can make it a democratic uh, society where little, you know, micro payments, you can do that. Yeah. I mean, so that's like, that's insane. I mean, I understand what they're doing, and it's a beautiful move. And they started with the background, but you know they're going to work that way up to the stunts and the stand-ins, and then they're going to work the fucking under fives. That's an actor with under five. And you know where they're going with that. You know, and they're going to make AI movie stars. So, look, what am I trying to tell you is that you know this is money. This is greed. It's something we can't stop. The human spirit is greedy. It's a greedy animal. I don't know. I understand why, but I don't understand why people, they, they want all. He's the 99 cheap. The guy sees the guy with one cheap. He wants to make 100. It's the whole deal. You know the rule. So that's, you know, insane. Now, I understand that they, you know, they get, they get but, 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 you know, even if you say, uh, we'll give you a front loaded payment, whatever, or, you know, you get 10 uses or 20, I don't fucking know, but like one time a day rate piece. So that they, you know, they could have just populate every movie with that person where normally they would be getting paid. 
Now, I'm not saying every time, maybe, maybe, maybe the economics are there now. If you show a movie every time, you can't get paid every time. But I get, I get checks for one cent. It, it seems to work out. So why can't those one cent checks still come? You know, people, you know, it adds up for people, right? So this isn't about me. This is just about logic here. And these are like the backbone because there's, you know, there's less of me's because I'm more of a thing, whatever I am. And so this is, there's a lot of people that make a living in this business that you never heard of that really, it's a job for them. Um, and some of them go to become the rock and other of them become, they're just lifers. Some people just love being stand-ins. There's, I know Lainey, my friend Lainey, she's just been standing for 30 fucking years. Any show, she's there. Great life. So... That's how far apart we are. This is a lot of backstory, but I'm going to then get into SAG, though, because this is just how far back and how that's just a big difference. Um, so you can see how how how, how far we are. Um, and it's fascinating. So I'm going to look at this now, and, and, and I'm actually genuinely confused. This was something that uh, I put in my story that was said. I, I think it's true. And it's basically, this is during the strike. It says SAG after members cannot do the following. I don't know if there's a spool of yarn there or whatever that is. So I have to find out. And I know people are really doing it. I think Sarah Knack to Penny. She's awesome. I just met her at a con. She's Ash in Pokemon. I think she's really spreading, um, spilling it out, excuse me, for people. So this is what we cannot do. So again, this is why I'm glad the channel is booming and it's a good time, but I'm hoping. So it says, during the strike, SAG after members cannot do the following. It says tours. I'm assuming they're press tours because I'm in the middle of a comedy tour and I don't get any residuals when I play the uh, YooHoo room and flappers. I do not. I get paid one time for that night. Personal appearances. Now, that's that's fucking weird. What does that mean? I just did a corporate for a company in Denver. That was a personal appearance, but I did stand-up. Or does that mean, like, going to a movie theater when your movie opens and just, like, say, like, hey, guys, thank you for coming to the movie, blah, 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 possibly. But it's also TV, right? SAG after, okay? Interviews. I guess for what? And, you know, KTLA, sure. Can you do the Poughkeepsie Daily? I mean... I'm wondering if this is in per, per, okay. Conventions. Now, this is scary. Okay. So, conventions are what? Uh, they're going to throw in Comic-Con because it's upcoming stuff. Now, I heard that's fucking done. They just fucking killed Comic-Con. It's like next week. That's done. But, um, you know, does that mean we can't go to a convention? Uh, well, let me, let me get back to that. So festivals okay so that's pretty clear it's a film festival you can't go what if it's a music festival what if it's coachella i mean literally like is it a band like what happens if someone sees you at a film festival but you don't talk to the press for your consideration events that's easy that's an emmys and you know sag awards and all that i get that panels the okay premieres that's bad enough, but I understand it. No screenings. Yo, when we do Tremors, the studio would say, hey, come to the screening. We're going to do a screening at 2 o'clock. And I would go over there and we'd screen at Universal. Like, ee, ee, 
think so. I think it's the AMTMP, whatever that is, American Television Motion Picture, whatever. So let's say I went over to Universal. So is AMTMPP, whatever, is that Universal or there's a conglomerate of studios? Is that who they are? I don't even look at any shit. So I guess if I was at Universal watching a cut of Tremors, that would be a, as long as Universal didn't rat me out, SAG would say, if SAG found out, they'd say you're in violation. I think. I'm not sure. Junkets, that's press, that's going Sunday the Four Seasons promoting something. I get that. Okay. Studio showcases. I don't really know what those are other than like I hosted that years ago. Uh, and a couple times of Show East, which I was there and won an award back um, in the mid-2000s. Show West. These are where they show all the upcoming movies for the year for studios. Probably that's what they mean. Um, exhibitor exhibitor conventions but there's more but i gotta go back to this conventions so you know i'm all over the con circuit so there's a lot of talk right now my fucking group chats are blowing up and uh i think it's for upcoming projects but i heard you can't go and promote anything that was a past studio project now, let's just say they're talking about conventions like, you know, hey, this movie's here. Uh, you can't do this convention because uh, this is like, uh, you know, let's say there's a convention for, I don't know, five new movies coming out and you're one of them, right? And they, 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 they're like, hey, we're going to exhibit your movie. Okay, so you can't go to the screening. You can't talk about it, all that stuff, right? Okay. Okay, so I was like, hmm. Something else could be called a convention, but, you know, when we go to sign autographs, is that a convention? Is it an auto signing? If it's for future, I understand, but if it's for a past, are they going to have cops out here? But this, this next one is, is, is getting, is, is really crazy. Fan Expos. Now, I'll tell you why that one's so crazy is because I'm literally doing things with a company called Fan Expo, boom, and then it has the city address. Right. And they, anyone who knows... The circuit of conventions, they're becoming, they're amazing. They're like the biggest comp. they're becoming the biggest company. They're becoming like the fucking Disney of this stuff. They're incredible, first class all the way. It's called Fan Expo. And there's a lot of people that are legends there of old and legends of, of, of future and legends of now. Working now, talking about old projects and new projects and current projects. How's that going to work? Like, I don't really fucking know, right? Can you do that? Is that what, if I only talk about fucking Scream, am, am I, but Scream was just out. Is that legal? I'm not in the new one. I'm dead. But like I mentioned, I don't know. But if it's past projects, I can't talk about nothing. So that's, that's, that, I don't know. Like, people are asking me, I don't know if I can go. Like, this is, but that's pretty restrictive if you're talking about things. But here's what's next. Podcast appearances. Now, I'm assuming it's to go on a podcast to talk about a particular project that hasn't come out yet. But again, I heard it's past projects. So if I go on a podcast and somebody asks me about Scream, can I not do that? I, but they're saying you can't go on a, but this, can I do my own pod? Am I breaking the rules right now? I'm dead serious. I don't think I am. I'm talking about the strike, but I'm a comedian. This is my comedian side. The SAG doesn't pay me for this. They don't give me union dues for this. I wish they did, but but that did, 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 did the last one that I saw here is really right now. I don't even know if I'm in violation. Social media. 
Like, first, I'm like, can you use social media? So I guess we can use social media. I'm not sure. I don't think you could talk about upcoming projects. Like, am I? I'm not saying anything. But can I talk about? I can't talk about upcoming projects. Like, am I in trouble? Like, I have no fucking idea. So I got a project that I did. I don't know. So can someone else talk about it? Like, I don't, like, I'm right. You know what I'm saying? So if I can't even, pretty intense. And I don't know if it's a studio project or if it's independent. So I really got to get the whole thing. Because if I make a, a movie independently that I help put together and I'm one of the stars of it and I make a deal with it, like, SAG and After had nothing to do with that. So why can't I promote it? I was in SAG and got paid SAG wages. I mean, basically saying mommy and daddy are like, you can't do nothing. Like, so I need to know the actual rules. It's pretty vague. And I know there's videos of it. But what video says is one thing. And, you know, what Variety wrote is another. We need a really, like, this is the golden script of what you could do. So is it upcoming projects? Can you talk about, can I talk about Enemy of the State? Did I just break it right now? Like... I mean, you could if, if if they enforce this shit this hard, and I still didn't tell you why this is the craziest strike. I made this movie in, in accordance with SAG rules. Before the strike, we had a screening about a month and a half ago. There's more screenings that are going to happen. I don't think I can go to them. I don't even think I can talk about it. I can't even tell you where. I don't even know if I can tell you where. Social media, I can't. I don't even know. I don't know. I put a post up. I took it down because I'm like... I mean, you might see people kicked out for this shit. I don't know, but it might be overreaching. And if they bust the union and break that, people are like, you can't cross. Like, I'm hearing people like, don't cross. This is considered a, a line crossing and all this shit. It's going to be like politics and fuck that. Like, again, there's no Democrats and Republicans. It's fucking logic. So there's no SAG and AFTRA and WGA. I love you. But it's logic. Let's all, let's point by point negotiation here. Okay. And, and you saw this date on my card. So I think I have a little bit of a say here. So I really don't know, like right now, and I'm fine. Like if I finish the rest of my year, the way it was planned, it's great. Without the two movies, it's still great. Without the conventions, it's fine. Without stand up, sure. Uh, I'll get a lot of personal stuff done, but I'll be able to do some stand up. I think. But I got to be able to do this. Like, if I can't do this, which I think I can, I just can't talk about stuff. So, which brings me into my point, which I was saying. So, that's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. Like, you, if you post something about an upcoming movie, you could potentially be considered a scab or crossing the line, crossing the picket line, which is wild. Here's, what's, here's what this is all boiled down to, what I said, why this strike is different. 1960, 1980. <sighs> UPS is going to strike. It's not in Hollywood, but they do a lot of Hollywood business. I think IATSE is looking at a strike. Is because never in our history of our business, when it started out as an independent entrepreneur way, when the first Nickelodeon happened and they saw this technology that they could project images on the screen and, and entertain or manipulate you with these images. And then when they got sound... You have to remember, it started very simply. Never in the history of our business has the town been backed by these type of pockets. We're talking 
the deepest of pockets. Not when Coca-Cola owns Sydney, uh, Sony. Not when, you know, Gulf and Western own Paramount. The, the, these were all big pockets, but these, Netflix has deep pockets. They're not owned by anyone, but they have very deep pockets. CAA might be worth $7 billion at the making of this video because they may get a major infusion of cash and a guy might buy them. I just read that. So the, you know, you know what makes, you know what's hard, terrible for an actor's career? A rich agent. The hunger's gone. So, I mean, listen, those guys have been working there for 50 fucking years. They deserve a big payday and, you know, kick it over to the new guys. But I'm just saying, the amount of cash, that's just an agency coming into this town, like it's always been, it's never been more. Plus, Saudi Arabia, they've been sniffing around forever. You might see a fucking scab system happen. Or you're going to see everybody on Patreon and OnlyFans. What am I trying to tell you? Narrative is never going to go away, but is it? Look, this shit... But for, just forget about Netflix, Amazon, Amazon. That's what I was trying to tell you. They fucking have their own system and then they fucking do a lot of shit with Paramount. Okay. Okay. Apple, Apple just funded like a $300 million movie, a historical drama. That's a fucking wart on their wart of their wart of their dick. Warner Brothers, I think is owned by Discovery Deep Pockets. I think AT&T bought someone else. Sony's always had to, they didn't never really cared about their content business. They make so much money in their hardwares. Who's left? Lionsgate, Summit? I don't know who owns them. <laughs> but that's it for legacy media other than A24, which I think, I don't know. I think they're independently owned or whatever. Paramount, but I think they're still Viacom. They have big pockets, but I'm just saying there's a lot of tech heads. Put it this way. The new Mission Impossible was partly or mostly funded by Skydance Studios. Skydance Studios is owned by a guy by the name of David Ellison. Let me explain how this works to the simplest of people here. Hollywood, there's nothing there's nothing hidden here. It's, I, I'll make it very transparent. There's Hollywood money, and then there's tech money. David Ellison is the son of Larry Ellison. I don't know anything about them, other than Larry Ellison's a probably top 10 rich guy on the planet. Maybe five. Oracle. Systems. I have no idea what happened. Maybe he gave his son a loan to start it. Whatever. Mission Impossible made enough money on its own where it could keep making more. But Paramount has this new guy. He's got hooked up with a deal because he's fucking got the pockets. And they said, sure, you want to invest in our slate? Which he's invested in a lot of movies. He's made amazing picks. Invest here, here, here. And he goes, sure, I'll do that. But I want a piece of the golden fucking goose. Mission Impossible. And they know it's going to make money. But he's funded so much. I believe he's funded a couple of them. I don't know if he does all of it, but he does probably at least half. The bottom line is this. He's put up the fucking money, and it's his sister was fucking funding the most artistic. She was funding the other half of, the, of another slate, of another studio. And their dad just bought half of Hawaii, Lanai. So, listen, that's beyond money. That's amazing money. So, you basically have a guy, one of a... 25 tech giants that's legacy and he gave two of his kids and two of his kids disrupted Hollywood just two you don't think Mark could come in here and buy Paramount tomorrow and fucking still surf with that fucking zinc on his nose the studios have one thing they've got the theaters with them if, but if that changes it's going to be different but they've got the legacy IP 
But more importantly is the studios now are partially, some studios like Amazon's its own thing. Apple's becoming its own studio. They have the deepest of pockets. They have a lot of content stored and they can wait it out. And I think the general public, so that that's that. And then you, the general public is like, not caring about Hollywood as much. Yeah, they still have the Spider-Mans and stuff that hit, you know, but Sound of Freedom is hitting big, but it's not like, you know, they, they it's not a Hollywood production. They shunned it, and people are mad about that, and we'll see how Barbie does. I'm sure Barbie and Oppenheimer will kill. I'm sure Mission Impossible, I think, is killing it. So you're going to have these big tentpole things, but I think the general population is more interested in their own content, a lot of them. They think they're more interesting. And they're tired of the gatekeeping. And if they're starred for content long enough, they're going to say, fuck it. And they're going to turn a fucking light. And everybody's going to be out. The whole business will be disrupted. And at that point, it, people will come to the table. It'll be too dis- desperate. It'll be too disrupted. That's my opinion. I think the whole town's getting disrupted. There's construction on every block. They're making anything you don't want to believe about a 15-minute city. You're, you're not smart. They're there. I'm living in a complex right now. It's very convenient. It's awesome. It's literally a 15-minute city. Scoot here, health food there, yoga there, gym there, IV drip there, social events if I was a normal person here. Uh, but the minute I say there's something dissenting about the government, they could shut me off. That's what they want. That's pretty simple. So this is wild. The deepest of pockets, the technology. AI is a pre, pre-kindergarten right now, and it's already destroying, you know, this seems like extras are like, can we have, you know, just stay at $150 a day? And the studio's like, we'll give you a banana one time, but we own you for the rest of your life. I mean, that's, so buckle the fuck up, man. I'll keep you in the know what I know, but, you know, I have to say, like, all these writers are like, well, we have to always have side hustles. Yeah, everyone does. But it's not because you have to, because you want to. Like, you don't think when I was being in movies, I was, like, trying to invest in tech or doing stuff like, yeah, you you want to be an entrepreneur. That's what this business is. So you're not going to make your money off one thing, nor should you. You want to dabble. You want to have about 10 different revenue streams. So I think there's going to be a big shift. I, I think there's going to be a lot of bloodshed. I don't think it's going to end easily because you got a lot of greed. You got a lot of deep pockets and you got a lot of people that don't realize what the future holds. And you got the general public over here who really don't give a fuck a lot more about Hollywood, especially if this fucking gnarly shit is true. The more sound the freedom blows up, the worse it's going to be for Hollywood. And it doesn't help that Hollywood shits on fucking everyone's political views and fucking tells them what to do. So, like, subscribe. Uh, you know, add me, man. And the longer this goes on, the more of this I'm going to do. So, some tour dates coming up. Go on my website. You can see them. I'll probably have to drop some merch soon. Much love to you guys. Peace.